Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the SWW Show. I'm Mike. Here with me, thank God is not AJ. Uh, instead, we have another special guest with us. Can you tell me your name and the game you are working on? Uh, hi, uh, I'm uh, Anton. Uh, I'm uh, working on uh, Shadows of Time. It's a top-down stealth uh, game uh, that will be released on Steam. And uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. So maybe best way to start probably is kind of like your background. Like, so you do, my understanding is you do everything or near everything on this game. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm founding the game and uh, I do most of the thing on the game. Uh, I did hire uh, a couple of people for stuff that I didn't uh, know how to do. Uh, for example, uh, on the main menu, I hired uh, a freelance artist to do the, the, the drawing uh, for the voices. Um, uh, I uh, hired someone, obviously. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, uh, but like most of the, all the development and uh, the 3D I, uh, is uh, completely original. <laughs> so... What is your then maybe what is your background and stuff to give you those kind of skills to do the rest of it yourself? Uh, I have a, a pretty uh, strange developer background. Um, so I studied in uh, uh, multimedia. So it was a bachelor degree, and uh, so we did a lot of stuff. We did like video editing, uh, audio composing. Uh, basic programmation <laughs> classes. Uh, we we do a bunch like everything that touches like uh, new medias and stuff. Uh, after that, um, I uh, I was hired uh, as a developer uh, in a company called uh, LVL Studio. Uh, so I was working on, uh, they were mostly doing uh, games and uh, apps for, for clients. And uh, yeah, after that, uh, I worked uh, six months uh, in a company called uh, Float4, uh, which was a, a great company, but uh, it was a very, uh, a very uh, time-consuming job. Uh, it was interesting. Like we, uh, so they they were doing um, uh, installations. So it was a lot of like going abroad and uh, uh, to install um, the the content and stuff. Um, so I decided to stop and uh, start my own project. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Nice. So maybe to clarify too, because obviously I'm going to say it, you don't have an American accent, so you're not from America. Is probably good. The audience is probably <laughs> caught on to by now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually. Uh, so right now I live in Montreal, uh, but uh, uh, I was born in France, and uh, I came here with my father when I was uh, 15. So I've been uh, living in Montreal for 10 years now. So I've got to exactly ask. Like the question, because I won't ever hear the difference. 
is there a difference between Canadian French and like French French from speaking it? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Um, uh, uh, how to describe it? Um, French accent is a bit more rough. You know, like uh, sentence ends very like like uh, tack. Canadian uh, French Canadian accent is a bit more uh, singy, more uh, I, I don't know who. Uh, yeah, it's more uh, uh, m melodic. I don't know who. Yeah. So kind of like how like I, like when I think of like Canadians speaking English versus Americans speaking English, I think of Canadians do it in a more like I almost want to say like sense of like like Americans are known for being very rude and Canadians are known for being very pleasant and nice and I want to be a very <laughs> similar thing with like the French difference yeah it's a, it's a more cute accent like uh, I I would agree on that after that like uh, Canadian could be a uh, rude uh, if you pick them up <laughs> yeah but we're just I mean, we're just I, not I've gonna tell seen them. a couple of uh, of show like when uh, you know uh, people go uh, uh, I mean American show when people go on the street and try to piss uh, Canadians, but uh, and when people like just always act like nicely, but that's not like that's a cliche. I mean, <laughs> it's a cliche. I'm gonna stick with because I don't know enough Canadians to tell me otherwise. Every Canadian <laughs> I've ever met, they're like, it's everything's great and wonderful and nice, and I'm like, oh, well, this, this is interesting. <laughs> Great. So, so the game is Shadows of Time, and you kind of described it earlier was a top-down like stealth action game. Yeah. Um. So maybe where did you like? Obviously, I think the the immediate inspiration I've at least noticed by playing and looking at the game is Mark of the Ninja. I was curious. Do you think that's a, that's, a fair? That's uh, that's an inspiration, and that's very funny. Like. You you found uh, you found it because uh, act uh, graphically it's very different, but uh, actually Marco of the Ninja was one of my inspiration uh, among uh, among other uh, like uh, uh, Gunpoint. Even though like the gameplay are very different, Gunpoint was also uh, 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 like an inspiration uh, in making the game. So, yeah. See, that's funny to me that you think Mark Ninja is extremely different because to me, the way, I, like, the way I look at it similarly is you've shifted the camera perspective, obviously, but mechanically, I could very much see where the pieces you liked from Mark of the Ninja and the pieces almost you didn't and what you chose and didn't choose to keep in there. But it, but it feels like uh, you shifted the camera from obviously the side view to the top down, but others I was like, oh, I could tell you at least really appreciate a good chunk of that game. Uh, I agree and not agree <laughs> at the same time. Um, uh, since Mark of the Ninja is a very uh, is a two D game, uh, uh, um, a side uh, uh, yeah, it's a side scroller, yeah, a game. Uh, you can't uh, basically there is only one way to go around uh, the level. Uh, uh, in uh, in Shadows of Time, uh, uh, there is like for each level, there is at least three different way of like going through the level. Each one has its own like advantages and like flaws. So I mean, uh, I think uh, for example. Uh, um, 
when you uh, at this, uh, at a certain point of the game, like you um, you, uh, you collect a, a stone of time. So at this point, you can uh, basically freeze time around you, and. Uh, so on some level you can use it like to go through uh, areas like uh, where uh, you, you couldn't go like before so yeah <laughs> see so so that to me is is interesting because obviously the shadows of time name provokes this idea of time at least in your head immediately like either it's time manipulation or there's a timer on the board so so Keeping in that, then, how did you come up with, like, this idea of this very interesting mechanic, I think, of controlling time, um, but then making sure it doesn't, like, break the game? Because obviously that's always the concern when you have someone give someone an unlimited tool like that, or in theory an unlimited <laughs> tool. It's uh, it's actually a, 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 a lot of testing. Like, every feature uh, in Shadows of Time, like, takes at least three times uh the time you need to to test it and code it because like i have to take into account that uh, the player will try to rewind or freeze time on any objects and uh so <laughs> yeah it's it's actually like uh, increasing the the workload to have this feature uh actually in the editor um there is a section uh, called unstable, and uh, so basically, it's features that are before you you can like freeze time and re rewind it, and uh, so I, um, uh, uh, I I've put them like in it so uh, so people like know if they mess around with it, <laughs> it can crash at some point. <laughs> So that actually leads me to obvious, the obvious question, I think, there yeah. is this idea of how do you test something like this to make sure you didn't also leave a, a section open in the game that's like very breakable? Uh, you try to break it. Basically, that's all. Uh, uh, testing the game is just like, you know, yeah, you try to break your own game until it's, it breaks. And, uh, and uh, yeah, once... It breaks. You fix it, and you try to find another way to uh, to break it. Uh, so this is on the developer ends, and after that, uh, you give it to people. So I have some lovely friends who were like so into the game and told that, uh, told me like, oh, when you have a key, like uh, <laughs> send it to us. Like we are gonna test it for you and stuff. And so yeah, uh, so those friends like tried the game and uh, managed to break it a lot. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I could like fix, retest. And uh, at some point, like you have a version that's uh, mostly un uh, almost unbreakable. Like it's impossible to have an unbreakable game. Like if you watch uh, even, uh, I don't know if you have ever watched like um, Mario speedruns. <laughs> Oh yeah, Mario like is a shockingly breakable game for how much people love it. You're like, oh, you could yeah, just but pop through it's anything. actually it's it's actually pretty hard to to break. Uh, honestly, like when you see uh, uh, what, what I mean, like people uh, 
uh, even when it breaks, like the, the game is still running, and uh, people like usually underestimate like how 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 QA like Mario uh, games are. <laughs> But, like, part of that, too, is they obviously have, like, an entire team of, like, here's a couple hundred people I could chuck it at, where you're at really the, the gravity of a, probably a couple friends who, like, can you go play this? So that, that <laughs> also leads me to... So the, the problem, I think, always with inviting your friends to be your testers are friends are just too damn nice sometimes. And they're like... Um, my friends are also... <laughs> uh, the first thing they try to do is break the game. <laughs> But I mean, it's uh, I love them. Uh, that, uh, but uh, yeah, the first thing is try to do uh, is break the game, like just because it was fun <laughs> to try it. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, and I, I told them like it's okay if you break it. And uh, so <laughs> you're like, please break this game. See, yeah, I yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I would prefer the game breaking. Uh, on my friend's hands that like won't be mad at me that's the difference like someone who buys a game like will be mad at me and he will be right if the game breaks because like he paid for it uh my, my friends like you know they they know like it's for improving the game so they are <laughs> they are they are pleased like to improve uh improve the game <laughs> See, I have the other end of, like, the two nice friends where they're like, there was nothing wrong with it. And I'm like, I had a bugger running. I can see it crashed, like, five times. They go, oh, well, maybe it did a couple times. And you're like, this isn't helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, one of the big features, I think, of your game, which, which really impressed uh, me when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, maybe uh, one thing. Uh, yeah, my friends recorded it, actually. So I asked them to record. Uh, it's a big part of testing because... Uh, so I, I was always saying uh, at some point what they did. Uh, it's easier, like it's a good thing, like when you don't have a professional QA behind your game, is uh, to ask people to record their game because uh, it's not very natural to know like how, how to report a game, uh, uh, how to report a bug, like how often does it occurs and stuff. So it's uh, it's actually a good point to say that it's important to ask people who test your game to re at least record it and uh, so they, they don't have like to to tell you how how they they manage like to uh, to break it okay so so one of the big selling points and I just found interesting in your game for how sm as we've established how small your development team is <laughs> is that you let uh, users have a map editor to create new levels yeah so I was curious was that always a thing that you thought from the beginning you wanted to do or is that very much a, as this evolved was that like feedback uh, actually uh uh so first question was it always there yes uh there was always a level editor uh at the beginning uh that wasn't intended for user purposes uh it was only a development tool uh which was you know, like not either thing. Like it was very ugly, and just to to uh, to uh, to uh, help the, the development. And I, actually, it's uh, it's uh, a very good decision that I did, like to make a specific editor to uh, 
to uh, to create the map because uh, on the uh, on the development perspective uh, it uh, increases the, uh, the the speed of like creating levels and fixi fixing issues very quickly. Um, um so and people started to ask like oh uh, is there gonna be <laughs> a level editor inside the game um so and it was uh actually like <laughs> most people who saw the game like asked this first like it wasn't like uh, oh uh, what, what is this the game about like no it's is there gonna be a level editor in the game <laughs> So uh, actually, it's uh, in uh, January, so uh, four months after starting developing the game, uh, I started uh, like making a user-friendly version of the editor. So with the uh, you know the little thumbnail for uh, each part, and uh, ma making me ma making it like you know beautiful to watch, and uh, yeah. Nice. So, so have you? So, I think we talked before. So, you have some immediate things that, at least from the build I have over with there, that you want to fix on the level editor. What is there? Do you think, based on feedback you've seen of people using the editor, that you feel like either done really well or something that you are surprised maybe that less technical people don't know how to do? Uh, so what? Didn't I do well? Uh, actually, um, so basically, uh, when you do uh, what uh, when you do a level editor, you have two choices: either you do a, a more user-friendly version that's not gonna uh, uh, that that will never break the game. So, but uh, to do that, you have to limit the the player in 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 doing stuff in in your editor, or you choose to basically uh, let the player do whatever he wants with it. And uh, so this is the option I I, I took, and <laughs> I, I know like when <laughs> on release uh, th th there is going to be a lot of way to break it and uh, and i'm i'm fine with it like it's uh, it's not uh, an issue for me but i, I didn't want to uh, to limit the player in what he wants to do uh, basically everything that's done in the game you can do it with the editor so it's uh, i i choose this option which so if you uh, want to know like what's wh uh, what I, I could have done better uh, is um, uh, maybe making it more a bit more uh, more uh, more user friendly, but this would have come with the cost of like having having less possibilities inside the, the editor. Uh, I don't know if you. Uh, it's answer your question, or no? That makes sense. It's always that is always the double-edged sword of what it's almost yeah. like a sliding bar of is it usable or is it useful? I think is always the question at hand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I per personally, I've I haven't figured out like uh, uh, 
um, a balance where like you have in uh, basically all the possibilities a developer could have and uh, and an unbreakable editor. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's interesting. So I'm curious then, because so you originally made this as a tool for yourself. Then so maybe this isn't true. Did it all of a sudden become a lot harder than you expected to? Also, making this a public-facing tool than an internal tool. Uh, is it? Uh... So like a lot harder to develop because in my head, the moment you make a tool like this public-facing, now you have certain things you have to account for that maybe you're, you're okay that, oh, I have to like, I know I can't drag in the section because it breaks it for me, but since I made the tool, I know that. Where if you're handing it off to the public, you can't have that weird breakable spot in the corner. Um, actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, so, uh, is it odd? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to do, uh, yes. <laughs> um, actually, it's not... It's not very this hard. Like it's not about, uh, for example, making an AI is a is a hard thing, but it's not a very complex one. Like uh, usually AI codes are are very small, and uh, good AI codes that that works are very small. And the the the, the code for the AI in the uh, the game, for example, is not this big actually, but it's it's not very uh, big. The main problem with the editor is that it's a lot of small, simple tasks. Like, uh, for example, uh, uh, making a help for the player, uh, making tabs like to order them, like making small, small, uh, small preview for the style so it looks uh, it looks nice uh making uh so th there's still uh yeah th there's still um uh, uh also um yeah there is a verification tool also that's run in background when you because you have to uh, uh to play uh, the map before you can for example export it on the workshop so uh, so you have to code this because, like, uh, as, as a developer, you don't need to to make something to verify that the map is playable. Uh, so it's a lot of feature to implement, and uh, yeah, I think the, the difficulty is not from the the complexity of uh, the uh, of making it. It's about like the number of stuff you have to put in in uh, so it's uh, user friendly for uh, for people okay that that makes sense so i'm gonna ask the question that that's gonna be hard now that it's not fully out yet but you're getting there <laughs> do you think after going through this process it was worth it or do you think going through like the next time you make a game that you feel like there's something this complicated isn't worth it uh it's definitely worth it uh, because uh, because anyway uh, this tool 
speeded a lot the development of the story. Like all, uh, because you know when you do a, a developer tool, you're not, you are not always thinking about like okay making a, a nice thing uh, and making it you know uh, user friendly, but actually as a dev developer even making something user friendly <laughs> helped a lot uh, on uh, on the uh, on the on the story part of the game so i think even though people like uh, like or don't like the the editor uh, the, the content of the story and the amount of it wouldn't uh, have been possible like without the, this tool actually Okay, great. Well, so it was worth it, uh, no matter no, no matter what. Like, <laughs> nice. Well, I want to thank you for your time to talk about Shadows of Time. So to close it up, could you tell us where you can find the game, where you are in social media, all of that fun stuff? Oh yeah. Uh, so you can find it on Steam, uh, Shadows of Time. Uh, so it will be uh, released on the Tuesday. Uh, 17 of December. Uh, social media. Uh, basically, I have a Twitter uh, at uh, GeekZebra. Uh, there's a Facebook page for the game, uh, Shadows of Time. And uh, yeah, uh, all of that you can find it on uh, on the Steam page. So if you manage, if you find the Steam page, there is a, a link on the on the right with all the, the social media stuff. Great. Well, again, thank you for joining me for this fun discussion about the game. Yeah. And <laughs> no let's hope problem. you see Pleasure. great success and don't get yeah. buried in the, <laughs> the thousand indie games that will be released this week. <laughs> yeah, I hope. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. This podcast was a product of the SWW Show. You can find more at the SWWShow.com or facebook.com slash the SWW store, or twitter.com slash SWW. You can find out more about Mike at Mikey underscore Maroney on Twitter, and more about AJ at Locevor on Twitter. Remember, new episodes come out twice a month, one focusing on the new entertainment news, and one focusing on movie club, so new and an old movie. You can find out more again at the SWWshow.com, and you can find the show on podcast services around the globe.